Welcome to the Wednesday, January 17th edition of the PFF Forecast. Um, I was busy working today. Apparently, Twitter had a day. But we're not going to talk about that. We've got the divisional round to figure out, uh, and it's a great one. A lot of really interesting matchups, a lot of props for us to discuss. Um, we'll talk about the, the injuries as it pertains mostly to Buffalo, a little bit of weather, um, and of course, we will have some SGP builds with the guy I alluded to in our last episode was so close to 500K. Will we get it this week? We'll find out. Let's rock. I can't do that tease and not uh, have Judah tell us a little bit more about this. So obviously um, we were at the one year anniversary of you nearly hitting two enormous SGPs, which we've talked about. Um, and you were painfully close. I want you to compare like the pain and, and tell people what, what it was, but the pain of losing this one versus the uh, Daniel Jones one, because they were kind of similar actually in the way that they, that they lost. Right. Yeah, well, the the Jones one was uh, for for those not familiar, it was a uh, the last leg was a, a Daniel Jones. He did eighty rushing yards, and he had I think it was eighty or eighty one until the Giants uh, ended up needing out the game. I saw that one happening in slow time, and it was almost like I never actually had it because I'm like, oh, the Gi- if the Giants get the ball back, like this is done because uh, mm-hmm. I had similarly lost to like Joe Burrow rushing prop like three weeks before or something. Uh, on that same circumstance. So I knew it was coming. Uh, and I just had it in my head, like, this was never won. Uh, the, this SGP, which I guess to take a step back, the the idea was basically Baker Mayfield's going to be throwing a lot deep. Uh, and I was like, what's a good way of kind of like maximizing that thesis? You can do the yards and the spread. And I did that, of course. Uh, but also, if you like really want to take it to its extreme, what a deep passes, the, the consistent things is a higher rate of incompletions and a higher kind of like yardage total per completion. So I was like, hey, what if we take the over attempts, basically saying Baker's going to throw a lot more incompletions and also take the under of his completions, excuse me, over attempts and under completions while also getting a lot of yards. And that's obviously extremely uh, inversely correlated and like the leg of under completions takes like an 80 to one SGP to a thousand to one. Uh, And lo and behold, I see it kind of happening in progress and I'm like kind of following along, but like it's not my main bet. So I'm like, all right, let me just like actually root for all the yards to to happen. And then he throws that 45 yard touchdown to Trey Palmer. And I'm like, I just need five for 65 right now. And we're in a perfect setup because he's going to get the ball for one more drive. Like if he hits one deep pass, like this thing is going to hit he hits that 19 yard completion of Kate Otten. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like we're, we're, we're now at, but I'm doing the math just like in my head of like, okay, now we're at like four for 46. He throws a couple of dump offs and I'm just like, ah, all right, that's it. Um, and I, before the Godwin touchdown, I was like, man, I'm probably so greedy. Like if I didn't do 325 and I instead had 300, I was like, this probably would have been like 600 to one and not, you know, a thousand to one. And, and in the end, it was only one completion that he went over that, that Godwin one took it to 22 completions. I had under 21 and a half got us the yards. We were so close. I was like kind of tempted to uh, go into and like watch every single one of the completions and be like, he threw a couple swing passes there early in the game. I wonder yeah. if it was behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, but thankfully at this point, you take a lot of long shots. 
most of them are, are not going to hit. Obviously, the, the couple of times they do make it all well worth it. Uh, and it's just going, it's it's a fun time. I, I'm not getting too down over that. It was kind of a, I can't believe this happened sort of thing. Can I put you down the spot? If you hit a mid six, I'm not going to ask for a smaller one, but if you hit a mid six figures uh, SGP, can we go to Vegas? I was like, going to say, I'll, I'll, like, we're not going to Vegas and then maybe Cabo, whether it's separate trips or not. We are recording a forecast live from one of those spots. Right. 100%, 100%. Love it. Love it. That's on record. It's a yeah, that's on record. I think any one of us gets one of those. I think you got to yeah. help the homies out. I mean, my hope is that we, we get it this weekend so that we can go enjoy conference championship week this weekend. So I'm excited about this week. I really think that the play this week is – a player prop based approach. Um, we'll talk about this here when we get to locks. Um, I've had conversations with a few different people um, and I just hear different stuff all over the place. So um, th- this, this I have, I have a good feeling about it. Before we dive into uh, your SGP builds, um, Judah, for this week, uh, let's do a little injury roundup um, and a brief weather update, uh, Brad. Yep. So the, the big one you mentioned pre-show, the Buffalo Bills had a million injuries uh, in their game and their win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. So far, it looks pretty solid. I think we're going to get Rasul Douglas. He sounded optimistic after the game, uh, and, and that's obviously massive. I mean, that is their number one corner, uh, and it's also massive because Christian Benford, their number two corner, did not practice today. Uh, Terrell Bernard was the linebacker who got like air-casted and carted off. He was listed as a non-participant today. I don't know why they're even giving us a practice status, but I, I assume he's not going to play. Um, Safety Taylor Rapp did not practice, uh, and Gabe Davis at receiver also did not practice. So I think we'll get Teron Johnson back in the slot. He's out with a concussion, but he was limited today. At tr- trending towards, I would say, playing with a Wednesday limited uh, for the protocol. And then the other linebackers, and, and obviously this is kind of like SGP or prop related, so getting into more positions than normal here. Um I think Tyrell Dotson, who's actually one of our highest graded linebackers uh, this year, is going to play. He he was kept out of this game, uh, but it sounds like it's because he wanted to be ready for a potential advancement into uh, the the, uh, divisional round. So he should be back for that one. Otherwise, nothing crazy. Um, You know, the Chiefs had had uh, Kadarius Tony as a healthy scratch. It it may have also been a not quite healthy scratch. He was limited today. No one else really in Kansas City. Uh, In Tampa Bay, Baker was a full go. And the big one for Detroit, Sam Laporta was a full go. So I, I think that the rest of the games I think are healthy. Arcane Khalif Raymond still not practicing. You hate to see it, uh, especially against that Bucks defense that gives up as many explosives as anyone. Um, I'm guessing he's out for another game. And then the last game, the Texans Ravens game. Uh, the big one there is if Mark Andrews tries to push to play. I know we had comments in the chat to start off the show. He said he's trying to. It'll be up to the game time. If he feels he can help, he'll be active. If not, he'll sit one out. I think we maybe we get him, but I would imagine that he's not going to be fully healthy uh, and wants to play conference championship weekend. And then Houston, going back like week 16 through now, like their entire defensive line has been like not practicing all week and then plays and plays well. So I'm just going to assume it's the same thing. None of them practice today, but I think they're all going to play. Um, and then the other ones to watch there are uh, Bobby Trees uh, was limited today, but I think he makes his way back onto the field. And the same with John Mechie. So they've been really decimated at receiver. Obviously, those guys are not world beaters, but but I think it is notable uh, that they were limited and trending towards playing. Yeah, that, I would agree. Um, so is the takeaway here for Buffalo, I think, 
the line momentarily got to three, three and a half. Um, is that kind of, and it's gotten bet down since, but uh, in fact, uh, someone in the chat said it got to three and a half here. Um, is that because the injuries have by and large actually come back pretty good? I believe so, particularly at corner. Um, you know, if the Chiefs receivers are going to create separation, it's got to be against fifth stringer, sixth stringer type corners. And that was what it was looking like. You know, it was looking like Justin Watson was going to cook, uh, right. you know, but now, uh, you know, now I think they're going to be facing uh, maybe both of Benford and, and Rasul Douglas, but at least Rasul Douglas um, in particular. I also wonder if maybe the spread was a bit tighter because of like weather concerns or stuff like that. And, and we obviously wanted to talk about that too. Um, the weather doesn't seem that bad. L low wind. Judah has talked about, I think, even last week, how he likes fading. He fades weather. Uh, he doesn't believe in weather. Uh, no, all jokes aside, that like people overreact to moderate wind, and this looks like totally moderate wind, not heavy wind. And that is the same situation in the Baltimore game. There's some. I think it's worse than Kansas City-Buffalo. Higher gusts. Um, but the sustained wind is still around 15 miles an hour. I don't think either um, is significantly impacted by the weather. And the um, you said uh, Baltimore is going to have a little wind. So those two have wind. Uh, Baltimore a little bit worse, but I would say both are not like you know are going to impact passing in a meaningful way. If one was, it'd be more Baltimore. Kansas City Buffalo, I think it's bombs away. Um, also, shout out the reporter who asked Todd Bowles uh, if he was prepping the boys for the cold weather in Detroit. Uh, it's not a factor. I think they'll be okay. The, the bus from you know, the walk from the bus to the stadium might be might be yeah. a long time. You never know. It, it's a very arduous journey, um, and you know I'm just I'm happy that Todd Bulls knew they were playing indoors. That that gave me a lot of confidence. Um, that's not a not a guarantee necessarily. Um, any immediate takeaways from from the injuries or the weather, um, Judah? Anything in particular? Yeah, I would just note that the total went down. Uh, two points in the Baltimore Houston game. I think if we actually got sustained winds of like 25 miles per hour, that would really matter, especially how kind of reliant both of these teams are actually in their explosive passing attack. And like, where does weather matter? It is when you get gusts or, or sustained winds and gusts like kind of above 20 to 25 ish. And it is really only going to affect your deep passing game and like throws that are 30 yards downfield. If you're throwing with zip 10 to 15 yards downfield, Right, think of like how the Niners generate a lot of their explosive plays. That doesn't really matter uh, when you're throwing balls 40, 50 yards in the air, and a lot of kind of Lamar Jackson and CJ Stroud's balls are like that. That's kind of when wind would start to influence it. But I don't think the winds are going to get there yet. The market has still kind of reacted downward, uh, and obviously the the Bills stuff matters a lot. I think uh, more from a kind of handicapping the the spread type of uh, bet. Yeah, makes sense. All right, it is time for some SGPs. Judah, where do you want to start off? Yeah, I'll first start just as like, I think we were kind of talking a little tongue in cheek last, uh, you know, on the Sunday podcast about like, ooh, the better quarterback getting points. I think there's a legitimate case for that to be true. And like that as a category has kind of been the the best like mini SGP of just like take the quarterback and the spread. Uh, and I think you can make a case for every single one of those quarterbacks this week. Uh, and, and I don't even like, I'm not interested in the weeds of like who's better quarterback, CJ Stroud or Lamar Jackson, but like, if we get a game where uh, the deciding factor is which quarterback plays better, and I don't know that tends to happen a, a bunch come playoff time, there is, I think, a greater likelihood than the market is uh, implying that the underdog quarterbacks in each of these games outperforms. Uh, and I think you can kind of make the case for a Stroud 300, uh, Texans minus two and a half. They're going to get juicy odds. You can do the same 
for Jordan Love, certainly you can do the same for Baker Mayfield and to a lesser extent, Patrick Mahomes. I didn't even start there. I think those are all attractive spots on their own. Usually I have like one or two of these a week, and I think we're actually going to have four of those. Uh, I'm interested in all those uh, and playing all those tails angles. Uh, that's, I think, the, the place to start. When you think about those, so um, just so everyone is aware, like the script that you would sort of follow is, okay, that quarterback is the underdog. They win the team covers maybe two and a half or whatever it might be. So team wins. They go, you know, over some alt number like 300 and, you know, their wide receiver one goes for, you know, 100 plus. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, so it, it does depend, I think. The Bucks are a great example, and this is an SGP. I'm interested in it. It's just like Mike Evans has all of the makings of a uh, explosive game. This is a, a Detroit. You don't defense. say. You don't That's say. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Uh, this is a Detroit defense which is absolutely bleeding explosive plays. Uh, it's like four percent higher than the next closest team, and like we're talking about like a fifteen percent to eleven percent difference. The like difference between one and two is the same as like two and seventeen. Uh, Mike Evans is obviously the preferred deep threat. We also get kind of the like recency bias of like oh Mike Evans dropped the deep passes uh, mm-hmm. the past couple of games and the numbers haven't shown up the past couple of games and that is certainly influencing pricing uh, even look at like a guy like Jamison Williams same sort of scenario his like drop is down like six yards even though the opportunity is kind of the same uh, he just hasn't actually caught the the deep pass but this is like a, a matchup that is perfect for for Mike Evans going up against corners who uh, certainly he has the matchup advantage of as his alliance team which plays a ton of man coverage uh, of kind of the uh, route running and, and separation uh, that we've looked into. Like Mike Evans has perennially been one of the best in the league. It is a, by every stretch of the imagination, a, a mismatch. And I am certainly wanting to build with Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans for a quarterback like Jordan Love. It's a different kind of scenario. I actually think the most interesting way to build Jordan Love stacks is to take uh, a bunch of unders. And, and certainly if you can get alt unders on receivers, because one of the, if you Jordan love is going to go for 325 yards, let's say, or 300 yards, there's a strong likelihood that he does that. And one of Jaden Reed uh, or even Romeo Dobbs goes way under his yards. And obviously you're going mm-hmm. to get that inverse correlation, but the Packers don't follow the same trajectory of a normal offense. They're spreading the ball between seven guys at this point with everyone healthy uh, that you can kind of pick and choose your spots and say, maybe you want to take a receiver over and a receiver under. I would just be more comfortable saying, uh, let me spread out the receiver unders just because you can really get that inverse correlation. Uh, but you can get creative with a lot of these builds. Uh, and I'm certainly planning on attacking kind of the Bucks game very differently than I am the the Packers because of just looking at the distribution of touches and the uh, there's no single matchup for the, the Packers. All these guys have similar route trees. They all run similar routes. There's nothing that points me and says, ah, that's the reason why this guy is going to have a big day. It's certainly not true of the Bucks, where it's like everything's pointing to Evans of a, like the Lions are best attacked explosively. We've got a huge man mismatch. All of that leads me to, to Evans as opposed to the Packers where it's just, let's just kind of spread the wealth. I mean, clearly you're a listener of the podcast, Judah, because I have not been in love with a single bet more so than I am with Mike Evans this week, his total right now on, on FanDuel, you can get still under 70 yards at uh, 68.5. Um, here is who he's facing. Cameron Sutton. There are 102 corners who have graded better in coverage than Cam Sutton. And then the Amazon Kindle, Vildor, uh, who has only 109 corners that have graded better than him this year. Both of them are 5'11". 
um, talk to any woman out there. That basically means that they are a dwarf. Um, and uh, Mike Evans is 6'5". Uh, so, yeah, it, it, he ran 95% of the routes uh, last week, dropped. He had an average depth of target of 20 yards. PFF usage score, um, by the way, you can find those um, live during games uh, inside the Fanatic Sportsbook app uh, for this playoffs and this playoffs only. Uh, but Timo, Timo Riske is developing a PFF usage score and PFF touchdown opportunity score specifically for betting. Um, and his usage was still super high. So the fact that he only had 40 yards in that game, um, not indicative of the fact that he wasn't being used. Uh, all you have to do is watch, watch the game for that. Um, you can get 15 to one on like 150 plus. Um, I think if you can find a market and I'm going to look, look for this, I don't know if you guys have seen it. A player to lead the divisional round in receiving yards. Um, he is also one that that comes to mind for me. Um, I don't know how you don't watch that game against the Rams and go, the pathway for the Bucks is there and it's in the passing game and it's with Mike Evans. Like I just don't know how you don't come to that conclusion. Yeah. I think just on that point, and I, I kind of should have led with this instead of making a broad point. I think that the main, I guess it's an angle for the Bucks and certainly for the SGP, which is that this is a team the first like 13, 14 weeks of the season that insisted on running the ball on first and 10 at a ridiculously high rate. And over the past bunch of weeks, they've actually started to incorporate certainly a lot more play action on those downs, but a lot of early down passes. And the passover expectation has actually uh, dramatically increased such that right when you're pricing games, it's very difficult to say, which is the sample, which matters more. And this is kind of what I often try and do is like tease out what is the most relevant data point. And I think that like looking back on the week six matchup or whatever, completely these are totally different teams in every such way. But even looking at the Bucks' first 12 weeks, they're approaching offense from a fundamentally different way. They're no longer just kind of running their first and 10 early down runs, setting up Baker Mayfield for eight. They're an aggressive downfield passing attack and they're having success. And that's a lot stickier, I think, than just kind of like a team putting together a two, two to three good week stretch where nothing has fundamentally changed. Something has fundamentally changed. They are kind of increasing their... Uh, run pass ratios in ways that are like fundamental to team success and team efficiency. And in this matchup, it is like certainly elevated. All that is to say, I think the like six and a half is mispriced, but it's certainly a case for how is this Bucks team going to win? Uh, certainly against a, a pass funnel Lions, if they actually just like continue, they passed over expectation 11% last week. That's kind of building on a trend of like them going way up. It's, this is a team that's going to lean into the pass. And they're having a, a cakewalk of a matchup against a, uh, Lions pass defense. Like, sure, the Eagles couldn't tackle, uh, and the Eagles secondary is bad, but the Lions are not much better. Uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, if, the, if the Rams could convert anything in the red zone, this is a team that uh, would have put up 40 points. Uh, this is a dreadful Lions defense. Yeah. I, you know, we talked about I, I really think McVay, who, was, who did a great job this season, I think he kind of blew that game. Like, the opportunity at the end of the half that he didn't try and take advantage of and just the inside the 10 force feeding Cooper cup who clearly aged very quickly uh, this year. Okay. We've talked about that one a lot. Uh, other angles, not necessarily aligned with quarterback, better, uh, better quarterback getting points as an underdog. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorites, actually. That's going to be taking a James cook over rushing yards with a chief's win. Uh, basically the way that's usually priced is you don't get to X number of rushing yards or the classics that we like to, uh, talk about like running backs are, are really good uh, when, you know, they're the teams are really good when running backs run for a hundred yards or whatever that might be. Uh, and that's basically saying this is going to be a close game for most of the time. The bills we've talked about 
for a long time since Joe Brady has taken over, have uh, been a much, much run heavier team, uh, certainly than earlier in the season, which a lot of the samples built into. The Chiefs' major weakness uh, is their rush defense. I expect James Cook to have plenty of success. I think it's also to the Bills' detriment of not being able to kind of build out and, and build out a lead on relying on Josh Allen and his ability to generate explosive plays and, and lead a good offense. Uh, and I see this game as just a uh, Bill slowing it down, rushing with a lot of success, but like it's a, uh, as, as we wrote about like two years ago, it's a, it's a real problem and conditional probability of just like, if you're gaining first down by first down by first down by first down, eventually you're going to get stopped. Uh, Cause if you're multiplying it 70%, you know, uh, series success rate to the six power, it's going to lead to a low number. All that is to say, it's going to, I think, lead to a lot of yards for James Cook in a good matchup, but also not come with the usual uh, correlation of the Bills winning. And I think the Chiefs will be able to respond, and you can get some some real juicy odds on a, a Cook over, uh, Cook alt over with the Chiefs winning this game. I'll add one leg to that. I love this. Uh the other thing that I would consider is the Chiefs passing offense or defense, very, very stout. And, uh, you know, LeJerry Sneed has been putting guys in a, in a corner. Um, so to me, this is not just James Cook, but also Josh Allen. And I, I think his total uh, is in the low 40s from a rushing yards perspective. So if you could do both Allen and Cook, over rushing yards, basically saying, look, they just lean into the run the whole freaking game, but they end up losing. Um, you know, that that to me, I don't know if that adds a ton more inverse correlation because you already get it with Cook, um, uh, you know, having over it and still losing the game. Um, but I think that that is very compelling and, and an interesting narrative. Yeah, I, I would say I think it does. Like you're only compounding that edge further. Mm-hmm. Um, right, if you just did like a, a James Cook uh, 95 yards rushing, let's say, and took a, a Chiefs four and a half. It's 28 to one. Uh, if you added in a, a Josh Allen leg of over his profit, uh, I imagine we'll take it to much higher. Um, mm-hmm. If you added in a, a 50, it doubles it. So uh, I, I like that a lot. Awesome. Um. Any others before we move on? Uh, the last one I'll, I'll go with is I think the matchup just really calls for it, uh, and that is betting on Lamar and the uh, Texans against the Texans. This has been a serious pass funnel over the second half of the season. Uh, if you want to get creative, I think it also, uh, just because of the fact that the uh, Texans are nine and a half point underdogs, if you play something like Lamar Jackson 300 and the Texans winning this game, I don't think you have to do that. I think you can also play it with the uh, pairing the receivers, but essentially saying like CJ Stroud has a lot of success passing such mm-hmm. that the uh, Ravens have to turn to the air enough. And also the, the point about the Texans, I think is that their opponents have lots of play volume by virtue of how explosive their offenses. So when the Texans score a lot of points, they're not doing it with these long extended drives like the chiefs are. Uh, they're kind of gaining 40, 50 yards at a time on their scoring drives. And otherwise there are plenty of three and outs. So it actually leads to a lot of play volume. It is certainly the way to attack the Texans just because of how good the rush defense is. And it's a definitely very beatable uh, pass defense. And the, the Ravens also are a team who, especially in the later part of the season, just really leaned into Lamar Jackson. Uh, when Keaton Mitchell went down, especially this is not a run heavy team. This is not the uh, kind of run first 
uh, mm-hmm. Greg Roman style team. This is much more of a aerial Todd Monken and the prices simply don't reflect that. I mean, you can get some crazy juicy odds uh, on Lamar Jackson to throw for 300 yards, 325 yards. Building around that is something that's very appealing to me. I couldn't agree more. Um, Brad, you have one SGP to take us to Vegas. Which one are you rolling with? I wanted to tack on, and I'll get to why, I suppose, in the, the locks of the week. I, the Lamar one and add a bunch of Gus Edwards unders, maybe even alt unders onto that bet. And, and I'll, uh, I guess I'll, that's a tease for my, my first uh, lock of the week. Okay. I like it. Um, well, I, I'm just saying this. I might play them all. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Before we, uh, before we get to the aforementioned locks of the week, um, right now, PFF.com, you can get 30% off with promo code 30MDS. Obviously, that unlocks the mock draft sim. Um, so whether your team is in or out, you can go and enjoy yourself um, and compare yourself against the best. Um, player trades, thanks to Brad's incredible work, uh, is something that you can do with real uh, reality, I should say, with realism uh, in the mock draft sim. Super cool. I was able to pull off, much to Brad's chagrin, uh, a Dak Prescott. Uh, trade that that got the Cowboys up to number one. Um, so if you want to do that, you can do it for 30% off with promo code 30MBS. And that, of course, gives you access to all the fantasy betting and uh, editorial content uh, that you could need. Uh, so go do that at pff.com or in the PFF app. Also, our friends at uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official, unofficial, I should say, sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, bringing you an offer that will make this playoffs truly electrifying is if you needed more, uh, given the SGPs that we just talked about. New customers bet five bucks on any game and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Um, so go make those five bucks go a long way at DraftKings Sportsbook and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet $5. We just talked about a bunch. Um, I personally love... The, the Buffalo Bills angle. I love the inverse correlation. It's what we live for. Um, so if I have five bucks uh, at DraftKings, that's probably the one that I'm rolling with. But you make your own decision. Be you. Um, this is not financial advice. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. New customers can bet just five bucks. Get $200 instantly. Bonus bets only. DraftKings Sportsbook with code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 877- Hope, uh, 8778 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y, which is 467 369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. DKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. I feel like I just read War and Peace. Um, holy crap. Uh, by the way, um, someone was asking about the, the 500K uh, SGP. We talked about that at the beginning uh, of the episode. So you can go um, rewind and listen to that. We opened with it. Uh, great point. Okay. It is time for Locks of the Week. Uh, Brad, you can uh, get us started. Yeah. So something I've talked about a couple of times recently, it was totally off my radar early in the year and kind of messed around with a bunch when looking at ultimate and, and trying to, you know, find some more edges in this, this gambling thing we do um, is looking at point of attack for rushing. And are you rushing outside the tackle or off tackle versus between the tackles and the splits there? Um, and 
So the Texans, for example, we talk about how they're a phenomenal run defense. They are third in success rate allowed on runs outside the tackles. They're seventh in EPA per rush on run. And that's in a good way against those runs. They're not great on, on runs between the tackles. And I remember I was going to play some unders in the Colts game. And you remember the Colts got the Colts absolutely gashed them. The Colts are 26 and runs outside the tackle. They run between the tackles. They use their guards. They use Quentin Nelson. That's how they attack. The Ravens have the fewest rushing attempts in the NFL between the tackles and the most in the NFL outside the tackles. So all that to say, I don't think it's a good matchup for how Baltimore runs the football. That's how Houston has been winning and stopping the run. So that's kind of the main thesis there. But on top of that, Gus Edwards props, the, the normal numbers are like 10 yards and three attempts above his average over the second half of the season. I know they've had injuries there. They cut Melvin Gordon today, which me actually thinks like we're about to get some Dalvin Cook season season in Baltimore. Ooh. But I just I don't like it for potential game script reasons. It's not the way you attack the Houston Texans defense. Um, I you know the number is 50 and a half or 13 and a half rushing attempts. I might even like the attempts more uh, the under there. But I'm also looking into potential alts there. I just I just don't see it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, by the way, up- breaking news. In from uh, Arjun Schefter, uh, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy, will be the Dallas coach in 2024. Wow. Um, that uh, that just announced. I would expect Sirianni to be coming. I have heard that he's been reaching out to offensive coordinators along with Howie Roseman. So it looks like both those guys will end up staying. But McCarthy is staying. Just real quick, um, your reaction, Brad, are you surprised? Very surprised. I, I mean, everyone was talking about how he needed to win a playoff game, and he didn't just lose a playoff game. They got flat out embarrassed. Blowed I, I, out. Yeah. Anyway, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I, I'm surprised, but I think what this tells me is there was no real fire behind the smoke with Belichick. And aside from that, you looked at bringing in a new regime, and it just wasn't worth the wasn't worth the effort, right? Um, so. I, I don't totally – I'm surprised, but I don't like – I see the logic there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Judy, your first lock of the week. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Jaden Reed under 42.5 receiving yards. I think if you want to look at how this price originates, it's Jaden Reed had a terrific end of season for the Packers. But kind of as we talked about, this is a very different – uh, wide receiver room just because of how healthy and how many bodies are now there. And if you're just looking at, it's not the sexy play, but just looking at the data and like who actually played, uh, Jaden Reed was third, just barely in the snapshot. And they were splitting between five guys. And I can imagine with Christian Watson getting a little healthier, considering he was the only consistent number one receiver whenever he played. Uh, I imagine that Watson will continue to eat into his share. Uh, but this is a guy who's on the field for less than half of the snaps. And this uh, opportunity matters a lot. Uh, his pricing kind of reflects a uh, clear number one receiver role because that is what he had beforehand, but he's not earning that. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it isn't sexy, but the uh, the under here at 42 and a half, 42 and a half is just too high. It's priced for a role that he doesn't have anymore. I like it. All right. Uh, this is not a surprise to anybody. My, my first lock of the week, it is my favorite one. Uh, it's my favorite one of the season, I think. It is Mike Evans. His total right now, 60, was it 68 and a half, um, at least at FanDuel. Uh, but you didn't come here to bet minus 114 on the player prop. That's not what you're here for. 
So look, I'm going to bet this all the way up to uh, 150 plus. You can get that around like 10 to one. The, the one I would put out as our lock of the week would be, I think, either 90 plus at, at like uh, close to plus 200 or 100 plus at plus 255. Um, I think both of those um, make uh, a decent amount of sense. Um, but I love Mike Evans. As I've called out, he's he's going to face the combination of Cam Sutton and Kindle Vildor, both of whom rank north of 100th in PFF coverage grade this year. That is not great. Um, Mike Evans, on the other hand, is great. So Mike Evans, um, is there a particular uh, view on that that you guys like most? For alt or what, what were yeah, you saying? Sorry. An alt. I'd go. I'd go 125 plus 900. Uh, I was going to say very uh, high. I was going to say three figures at uh, least. There we go. All right, that's what I needed. All right, so the, the official submission: Mike Evans over 125 receiving yards, which is five. Plus five twenty, actually. On, uh, on nine hundred. Go on points bet. Get it at nine hundred. Ooh, it's it's nine hundred. Nine hundred. Ooh. Oh, I love points bet so much. Um, <laughs> by the way, actually, I was talking to someone earlier today, and we were putting together an SGP on Caesars. Um, what a gift! What a gift Caesars is to the people. Oh my god. Um, yes. The fact that it, it's not like even gaining them any market share is really just incredible. Um, anyways, we could make I'm a gonna, speaking of that a service that just takes advantage of those <laughs> of those sports books. Honestly, it's a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. Um, speaking of like giving a number, I'm gonna now that I'm looking at the book, I'm gonna do for Gus Edwards the alt under thirty seven and a half is plus two ten. Uh, so, so we'll play that there. Like you said, we're not here to lay minus one fifteen. That's not what no. this podcast is about. The evolution so, of this podcast is beautiful to see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's not what they. That's not what the people show up for. So on that note, I'm going right back to the well. So um, I think Sam Laporta is a really strong buy low candidate this week. So sorry, I stole one from Judah. Love it. It, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't play if if it weren't uh, you know an opportunity. So a couple a couple thoughts here. The first one for me is simply why I say buy low. He ran routes on 24 or 30 dropbacks in the last game, but didn't have a huge stat line. I think people are thinking about the injury component and looking at the box score and saying, oh, San Laporte is not healthy. He was a full participant in a Wednesday practice. He's a rookie, um, and he still ran routes on, what, 24 out of 30 uh, dropbacks. So I think he's totally fine. I think it just wasn't his night that that happens. The Bucks have allowed the fifth most receptions and – or sorry, second most receptions and fifth most receiving yards to players lined up in line. Um, and we talked about this with Kyle Pitts. He's, he either lines up in line or slot. They're not great against the slot either, but in particular, Laporte is actually more in line than Pitts, um, and they're even worse there, but they're not good against slot receivers either. Um, and so if he's kicked out there, I, I like it as well. So his normal line, I think, is like 36 and a half. Um, this is bad radio, but I, I'm going to find an alt over for our guy Sam Laporta here. All right, I'll, I'll do the same thing George just did. So we can do 60 plus is plus 320. I think I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you can you can find this information. Um, we have obviously wide receiver cornerback matchups in um, in on pff.com, and you can find those on on in the FanDuel sportsbook as well. So we're trying to bring great information to the people out there. Tight end matchups are now a thing. So looking at Sam Laporta's right now, what we do, thanks to to what Timo and, and our data science team do, is we project snaps versus different coverage units. So we have cornerback, linebacker, and safety. 
the the Bucks have been abysmal um, at covering linebackers, as you mentioned. Um, their cornerbacks, uh, thirty first out of thirty two uh, units at covering um, uh, tight ends, which is uh, impressive. Um, but Laporta with a fantastic matchup there across the board. Great call out. Um, I think he's been averaging. I mean, what is he averaging? Like 50, 60, probably way more. And he had 14 in the playoff game. I think everyone's reacting to that. And it's just, I don't think it was anything but just the fact that what Amon Ra had 100 plus and it just kind of didn't go his way. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, Judah. Yeah. So we talked about James Cook uh, and establishing the, the run for the Bills. Mm. And obviously, what that means is that Khalil Shakir actually is going to have a, a big receiving game. That's at least according to Tony Romo. You establish the run. Khalil Shakir breaks tackles. So we mm-hmm. don't have a, a prop. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that one. Uh, we don't have a prop out yet. I think that's a, a Gabe Davis uh, function, and I, I see he did not practice. I imagine he will miss this one. Uh, I think, George, you talked about this also. Uh, Legereus Need has done a terrific job locking down wide receiver ones all season. And I think, in my head at least, it's like Stefan Diggs of three years ago. I don't really care who's the cornerback one, even if he's done a great job, like he's kind of matchup agnostic, but that's not the Stefan Diggs of 2024. Uh, and I, the Khalil Shakir has clearly stepped into that wide receiver two role. I mean, Trent Sherfield was running routes as the wide receiver three. I don't even know if he got a target uh, last week. There are only so many guys that Josh Allen can throw to. And I think if, especially if you're looking at uh, a little bit of a kind of, dip in production from Stefan Diggs. I think that opportunity really goes to Kula Shakir. And it's a very difficult kind of way to price Shakir because he's stepping into a role he hasn't had all season. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, we don't have the alts right now. I'm going to guess something like 65 yards is going to be uh, plus 400 or so. Uh, it's a, that's a ballpark guess. I'd be fine also just taking his regular receiving over, which I imagine is going to be in the mid to low 30s. Uh, but all of those I think are attractive considering the matchup with Sneed. Uh, and just like Shakir's been awesome. You know, he really pops out the, the chart post of the grade, especially after the catch. The dude has been electric. I dig it. Uh, all right. Um, I will go. I'll stick with that game. So uh, during the recording of this podcast, Josh Allen, I'm not going to be Warren Sharp here and pretend it's because of the recording of this podcast, but Josh Allen's, uh, Josh Allen's rushing prop continues to move upward. I still think it is too low. By the way, since we recorded on Sunday night, Mahomes has moved from 24 and a half to 27 and a half. Um, so feed your families with that closing line value. Uh, Josh Allen at 44 and a half. He's in games where they've mattered and it's he's healthy. Um, he's getting 10 plus carries. He had 15 three weeks ago, 12 two weeks ago. He, he actually ran, I think, a decent amount against Pittsburgh, despite the fact that they were winning that game handily. I think he had eight rushing attempts in that game. And you could see when it got kind of close, they were like, Hey, we're going to run you buddy. So um, there is, this is Josh Allen's Super Bowl. Okay. I don't know if I can stress this enough. Like this dude is leaving it all on the field um, in a win or a loss. Now, if you think they win, I'll add this one. So this is a bonus. His rush attempt prop right now is at eight and a half which is criminally low considering what they use him for in games that matter. Um, you go back to the Kansas City game where they played, you know, whatever week that was, he ran 10 times. Um, and, and so if you happen to get a couple kneel downs, obviously that only adds uh, adds to it. But against a Chiefs team that is great in coverage um, and where his guys, Fondigs, as you just mentioned, will be covered, I would even look for some alt rushing 
um, attempt numbers. Uh, you know, 15 rush attempts for Josh Allen to me is not out of the realm of possibility. So Josh Allen over uh, rushing yards. I guess this is 44 and a half. I'm sure you can still find something a little lower if you shop around um, and uh, over eight and a half rushing attempts. I also like the matchup specifically. Um, everything you just mentioned is huge. I, I think there is a noticeable split depending on the game, but also a team that plays a lot of man that has corners and trail technique. Like t- Josh Allen's going to take off a bunch, especially if his guys are covered. Uh, and I think he's going to get more, you know, run than he would normally against teams that sit in zone and just crash mm-hmm. as soon as he takes off. So I, I like that one a lot. Um, also, good one we talked about in the podcast um, that I, I just I couldn't love more. And I guess we'll go Alti again. It's pretty much the exact same analysis as we just did for Laporta against the Bucks. Oh. The Packers are terrible against tight ends as well, um, and particularly inline tight ends. Same thing. That is also where they get eaten up even more than some of the you know maybe smaller move tight ends that go out to the slot. So give me George Kittle, eighty plus is plus two fifty. Um, I think that's probably where I, I would like to take it. I love that. By the way, same thing. Um, George Kittle, these matchups uh, features are just awesome. I like find myself for the first time ever actually using a sportsbook app to find bets, um, which is quite fun. Um, George Kittle, number one PFF grade, uh, Packers 27th in coverage against um, against tight ends. Their linebacker unit, 30th out of 32 um, against tight ends. Um, so yeah, a great call. I mean, it, it's it's patently ridiculous that in a matchup like that, he's got a total so far below kind of his, his average outcome. Um, just doesn't make any, uh, any sense to me. Yeah. And the normal like, traditional stats, EPA, they're bottom five in, 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 yeah. Like I could list it out like I have, but I, I promise you it's not good. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Judah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Zay Flowers over 51 and a half receiving yards. We talked about reasons why uh, both Brad and I now at, uh, why the Ravens will uh, likely turn to the pass. Who is that going to go to? I mean, Zay Flowers grades out uh, very well, especially in in a lot of the underlying numbers. And he's also the clear wide receiver one. Uh, If you look at the games where Zay Flowers was healthy, and now after a couple of weeks off, uh, he certainly is that. This is the only guy who is seeing 98% of the snaps consistently. The rest of the guys are kind of role players. Uh, He's certainly the preferred downfield target of Zay Flowers. I don't imagine they're they're going to have Derek Stingley uh, kind of following Zay Flowers of, of all people. Uh, this is a lot of just the function of like, I think Lamar's props too low. There's certainly a case to be made for, for Lamar, uh, but he's a dominant receiver, not getting his due. Uh, and certainly with the, the snapshot to go over at 51 and a half. Yeah. Um, like it. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to s- uh, stray away ever so slightly from, um, from the props, although I'm a big fan uh, of all the props. Um, and, and I'm going to turn to uh, don't don't hate me, but potentially better quarterback getting points in Detroit. Um, Tampa Bay plus six and a half. Um, you know, I thought Baker looked very healthy. Clearly, um, played really well. Now I thought Jared Goff did did too, and I think he should be fine. I'm not sure this is like clear cut, but I'll say this: they're at least very close. Um, in the way that they're currently performing. And I think with the matchup uh, advantage ever so slightly towards Baker, um, six and a half feels like a lot. I think this is a decent matchup for Tampa Bay defensively as well. They've been, um, to your point, uh, Judah, they're very strong against the run. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I I like this to be a close game. Um, 
and uh, I will take the uh, the plus six and a half for Tampa Bay. I just want to want to add something on that. I mean, it talks about reasons why I like that, but there's also this kind of like narrative of like, oh, you're buying super high on Tampa Bay. The look ahead line for this game was six, and this was put out on Monday morning before the Bucks played. Uh, after the Lions had and like FanDuel was putting out and most of these books are putting out these like fuelers, the market has not upgraded Tampa Bay. That is just like factually incorrect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I think to your point, like there are reasons and I, I talked to the past stuff uh, why I think the Bucks are a different team, but like the uh, narrative that like, Oh, you're buying uh, super high. is just like not reflected in reality. There's been no change. Uh, if anything, they, they upgraded the Lions more than they did the Bucks by looking at the six and a half as opposed to the six. Which is funny because I know both teams won, but the Rams probably should, I won't say should have won the game, but yes, I mean, they could not. The score. <laughs> yeah, the adjusted score is completely valid. They, they were terrible in the red zone. Their game management from McVeigh was terrible, and the Bucks absolutely blew out the Eagles. So, yeah, there's, that's, there's been no adjustments. So that's pretty funny. I'm tapped out. I don't even look at spreads and totals. I came here to get weird, and I accomplished that goal. Perfect. I'm also, I'm also at. I had to throw one in there. Um, yeah, okay. Cool. Uh, so here are here's what we've got. Beautiful slate here. We've got uh, Jaden Reed uh, under was it 42 and a half? Yeah. Uh, receiving yards. Uh, we have Gus Edwards, Gus Bus under 37 and a half rushing yards. That's plus 210. We have Mike Evans over uh, 125 receiving yards. That is nine to one on our friends at points bet. Sam Laporta 60 plus plus 320. Uh, Sh- Khalil Shakir O'Neal. Uh, line is unavailable, but uh, was there a ballpark for what we like there? Yeah, I think I said uh, like 65 at like plus 400 or <laughs> over 30-something. Slam dunk for a guy. Uh, Josh Allen, over 43.5 rushing yards, uh, 8.5 rushing attempts. Now, I didn't mention the Mahomes there. That's gone up to 27.5. Still kind of like it, um, but I've already bet it at 24.5, so that's the only reason I didn't mention that one. George Kittle. Uh, first of his name, 80 plus, plus 250. And Zay Flowers, over 51 and a half, which is plus 100. And I threw in um, Tampa Bay, plus six and a half. Uh, you know what my favorite is, guys. Um, it is Mike Evans. Um, what do you guys like? I, I was definitely going to mention the Laporta one also. That was mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorites. Um, so those are my two favorites. And the same, sure. same game, so that'll be electric. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I like the I like the Kittle as well. Um, honestly, the Zay Flowers one sticks out to me. I mean, he's done quite a good job. I feel like there is a an angle here where they're kind of underpricing the passing game for um, for Baltimore, and he's he's come on. Um, so I, I like that. Now it's not you know it's only plus a hundred. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, I like the Zay one a lot too. It's a good shout. I, I think they are gonna. It's gonna be an aerial attack. He's the best guy on the team, and I don't. I think Mark Andrews might even be suppressing some of the receiving props for these guys because they don't know, and maybe he doesn't play, and that jumps up to fifty-seven and a half or whatever. So, okay. So so far we've got Mike Evans over one twenty-five, nine to one. Sam Laporta sixty plus plus three twenty. Zay Flowers over fifty-one and a half plus one hundred. Any others that we'd like to add? You like Kittle? You said you like Kittle. You want to throw Kittle in there? Kittle. Yeah. Kittle plus two, uh, 80 plus plus 250. Throw that in there. Yeah. Any others? I like the Josh like- Allen attempts. That's oh. what I was going to say. Josh Allen Bang. attempts. Dude. Okay. Dial there in. it is. So here's what we've got. God, the divisional round is so fantastic. Mike <laughs> Evans over 125, 9 to 1. 
Sam Laporta, 60 plus, plus 320. Josh Allen, over 8.5 rush attempts. That's like minus money, but you know what? We've we've filled you with, filled your cut, your horns with oil. George Kittle, 80 plus, plus 250. And Zay Flowers, over 51.5, it's plus 100. Those are the locks of the divisional round. Um, we will be with you on Sunday night. Preview the conference championship, guess some lines there. Um, and uh, yeah, if you hit on any of those same game parlays, you could see us uh, in Vegas uh, for the conference championship. So keep those fingers crossed. We love you all. Peace.